All right. Good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome to Riverwood Church. Uh, if you are a first-time guest, my name is Aaron, uh, lead pastor for Riverwood. And uh, yes, I have been gone for a couple of weeks. So those of you with bad memories, uh, I, I'm still pastor. I'm still here. Uh, it's really, really good to see you. This is a Sunday that I've been really looking forward to uh, for quite a while. But before we get to that, uh, just some quick announcements. Um, when you walked in, hopefully you received one of our handouts from one of our ushers. Inside of that is a connection card. On that connection card, our church family right fills out the top line. But if you are a first-time guest, if you would fill out the entire front of that card and then drop it in our giving box on the back wall, we will donate $5 to Compassion International on your behalf. Uh, Compassion is an organization that has a goal of releasing children from poverty in Jesus's name. They work in local churches all around the globe, uh, giving kids a chance to, to get some food, to get some education, but most of all, to uh, hear the life-changing message of Jesus. And the, and the goal is not only to help release these children from poverty, but by changing these children's lives, we change some families, and we change some families, we change communities, and when we change communities, we change the world. So again, no one's going to arm twist you for that connection card. Uh, if you're willing, though, if you'd fill out the entire front of that, and you can drop it in our giving box, we will get that sent off on your behalf. And if you have any prayer requests, even if you're a first-time guest, our elders meet almost every single Wednesday, and uh, the very first thing we do is we commit to pray for uh, our church family, and we specifically pray for those uh, prayer requests that have been turned in. Um, so even if this is your first time with us and you have something on your heart, we would be absolutely honored uh, to pray for you. Uh, Next week, uh, we are gathering at Coleman Park for an outdoor baptism. We are uh, partnering up with Cornerstone Church in Denver and Grace Baptist here in Waverly. Uh, we are going to be doing a potluck uh, afterwards. So bring a lawn chair uh, down at Coleman. There are no chairs, so bring a lawn chair and or blankets. Uh, we'll do our service starting at 10 a.m. Uh, I am preaching this week. Uh, corner, uh, this this time around, I should say, this will be our, I think, fifth, sixth time we've done this with them. Um, yeah, anyway, yeah, fifth, sixth time we've done it, but somehow I've always managed to get out of preaching at that one, so I got stuck with it this time. So uh, sorry for those of you who are going to have to hear, oh, we hear this guy every week. We'd like to hear someone different, uh, but you're going to get stuck with me this year. But Cornerstone Church will be bringing the music, uh, and uh, not a slide against them, but they'll make you really, really appreciate Jake. Uh, so come, uh, come and in, enjoy. Uh, I know that was low, uh, but... <laughs> I really, 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 I really, really appreciate Jake. Yeah, sorry, Zach. Uh, I like Jake. Um, so uh, come next week, and then uh, stick around afterwards. We're going to be having a potluck. Uh, bring a uh, side dish and, or dessert inside of the uh, handout or the uh, letters of your name that will help you determine which you get to bring. Uh, we are providing all of the hot dogs and hot dog buns and condiments and the uh, paper plates and stuff. So just uh, uh, come, enjoy, uh, celebrate those who are being baptized, and uh, enjoy uh, hanging out and meeting some new people and as well as hanging out with our uh, Riverwood family uh, next Sunday. All right, do I have another announcement? Nope, that was it, okay. Uh, so every year in November, I take a 48-hour uh, spiritual retreat, and part of that is I put together my uh, preaching calendar for the next year. And as I was putting it together, I suddenly had this really crazy idea. What if rather than on a fifth Sunday, we just simply invite the kids into the worship gathering like we normally do on any fifth Sunday? And what if we actually turned it into Kids Creek? What if we, as the adults, got an opportunity to see what is it our kids are doing? So I threw the idea, I think it was in January, I threw the idea by uh, Bridget, and she, without hesitation, goes, yeah, let's do it. Uh, so we have been really, really looking forward to this particular Sunday. Um, 
So we are bringing Kids Creek out of elementary into here. So kids, you already know kind of what's going to take place, how it's going to go. So you're going to have to help your moms and your dads to jump in, to participate, to do everything and uh, anything and everything necessary to make this a good morning. So with that, Bridget, would you come up and lead us in Kids Creek? Let's do it. Okay. I got to grab my thing because everybody seems to use one of these when they preach up here. So I feel like I should do the same. Okay. Um, yeah. All my kids are phenomenal volunteers and participants. So adults, um, I'm going to be asking for volunteers and participants. And that doesn't mean just kids. It means you too. And as always, you get out of it what you put into it. So um, raise your hand. people And... Um, participate because it makes it more fun. So welcome to Kids Creek. We're glad you're here. Yeah. All right. Same as always in Kids Creek, we have a few guidelines, rules, things we try to do that makes just the morning go that much smoother. And they are, there we go. Okay. So in Kids Creek, you are the leaders. You're the big kids. So that means you have to step up your game. And as always, say them with me. We are always kind, respectful, welcoming and Jesus-centered. Okay, so that's a huge part of being in Kids Creek, and um, we're happy that you're here. So if you haven't met me, my name is Bridget, and um, I'm the Kids Creek director and your uh, teacher for the morning. So, all right, here's the big question. Who brought a Bible with him to church? Who did? Hold it up big and tall. All right, even if you have a phone, you can hold up your phone. It totally counts. Probably not in Kids Creek, because most, I would hope most of you don't have one, but um, if you don't, we have some provided for you. If you want one, just let us know and we'll get you one. Okay. All right. So we know that the Bible is God's word. It is the true word. And if we want to hear what God is saying, we need to open this up. Okay. And he wants to talk to you. So the biggest thing is to read your Bible. Now we're studying the Old Testament right now. Now the Old Testament is the first part or the second part of the Bible. Which one? First part of the Bible. Okay. Starts with Genesis and ends with the book of Malachi. Throughout the Old Testament, we see the story of God's plan unfold for his people. We also see how sometimes God's people didn't like God's plan for them. Sometimes we don't like God's plan for us. But why do you think the Israelites would not trust God's plan? Anybody have any ideas? Shout them out. They have their own ideas. What'd you say, Eddie? They had better ideas, okay? Sometimes they're selfish, absolutely. What do you got, Lucy? They think they can do it all by themselves, absolutely. Selah. Absolutely, they created idols for themselves thinking that would be a better God than the one true God. That's awesome. Okay, now we're going to kick it off. We usually start with either like a question or some type of uh, quick activity that kind of preps us for our story. Now, I brought my handy-dandy whiteboard. Everybody loves it. Everybody wants to draw on it. And so, therefore, I need one person who is a semi-good drawer to come up and draw me a king. Who thinks they could draw me a king? Joey, you think you can draw a king? Awesome. Okay. Now, Leave me a little space so I can write around your king, but otherwise you draw a king as you think a king would look. Looking good so far. Oh, he's happy. That's always good. We like a happy king. He's got his crown, of course. 
Ooh, a nice medallion. Maybe he's waving to the people as he would up in his big towers. All right. Are you happy with him? Okay, looks good. Thanks, Joa. Awesome. All right, here's our happy little king. He's so great. Now, okay, so the king and the queen are, are usually in charge, and that's a good thing. So what makes a good king? What makes a good king? Caleb. They're kind, okay? Absolutely. Who else? Everett. Care for people. That's perfect. Joe? They're fair. Good. Okay. Toby? Responsible. All right. Excuse me if I misspell something. Sometimes I do that. Just is what it is. Uh, sorry, Corbin. They're selfless. Good. I like that one. Uh, Ethan? Amazing. Usually kings are pretty amazing. For good or bad reasons sometimes. Okay. Max. Empathetic. Empathetic. Okay. Who do we got over here? Eliza. Wise. That's a good one. Okay. Um, we'll do a couple more. Uh, Maggie. Helpful. That's always good. Okay. Helpful. All right. <laughs> brave. I like that one. We like our kings to be brave. Eddie? Compassionate. Compassionate. Okay. I'm going to have to stoop it down. Okay. We could probably fill this entire whiteboard of what makes a really good king. Now, I probably did. And if you figure out how to spell it, you should correct it later for me. Okay. Okay. Sometimes it happens. It happens. Now... <laughs> okay, now these are all great characteristics of what makes a great or a good king. Now, is any king on earth now or our time before perfect? No, there can't be. They just can't be perfect. There was only one truly perfect king in all the world, and that was who? Jesus. That's right. Okay, now, God wanted a perfect king king for them. He wanted to be their perfect king, but they didn't think that that's really what they wanted, okay? So while the king we described might be a really good king, no earthly king would ever be perfect, and Israel's desire for a king would never be filled apart from Jesus, okay? And we're going to hear a little more about that today in our story, but we got one more thing. So I need maybe like, uh, like four people to help me out. Amelia, I'll, I could choose my own kids sometimes. <laughs> Bastion, Eliza, and Maggie, you can come up. Okay, you can just kind of line it right here. Well, there's other things that are going to come. Okay, make space, slide down. You slide down. Oh, look, we got matching twinsies. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so we have a nice king and a couple nice queens here, and they're going to do some actions for us, okay? Now, kings have to lead their people, and when it's your turn, you will lead your people. Does that make sense? Okay. Now, in the game, all of you are the people, which means because you're their people, you have to pretty much do what they ask you to do. So when they do something, you're going to have to follow along. You're going to have to obey, okay? Now, you're going to make up one action, 
that everybody in the room can do for the most part. Something, you know, maybe like turn around or hop on one foot or pat your head or rub your belly, something like that. Okay, do you understand? So think of your action that you want them to do. Are you ready, audience? Backslash, um, kings people, queens people? Okay, Bastion, do you want to go first? All right, make it happen. And the good people obeyed. All right, good job. All right, thank you, King Bastion. All right, Queen Amelia, let's see it. What's your action? Something different. Hmm, she points her finger and thinks, very nice. Thank you, thank you, Queen Amelia. Okay, Queen Eliza. Oh, she's getting hard. <laughs> oh, most people did it. Good job, good job. That's awesome. Way to challenge them. I like it. Okay, Maggie. Oh, she's forcing everybody to get up. I love that. Okay, nice job. Okay, thank you, kings and queens. You may sit back down. <clears throat> okay, so in the game, the king or queen was in charge, and they showed us what to do, and you had to obey. So the Bible story today, we're going to hear about Israel's very first king, okay? A king who is supposed to take care of and lead his people well, okay? And that isn't always the case. Now, in Kids Creek, in our curriculum, we always have a big picture question. And we do that big picture question um, anywhere between four to six times based on what the curriculum tells us. So this is our first time in this um, section of the curriculum. So we have a new big picture question. And the big picture question is, why does sin separate us from God? Does anybody have any ideas why? Caleb. God is perfect and sin is not. Perf, that's really good. That's, that's really, really, really good. Does anybody have an add-on to that one? What do you got, Selah? That's really good. That's right on track. Eliza, you want to add two? Yep. Yep, that's right, yeah. Joa? That's, that's absolutely right. So the big picture question, um, why does sin separate us from God? And the answer that we're going to use um, for the rest of our time is because God is holy and sin has broken our relationship with God. Okay? Now, God always does what is right. He can't do wrong. And like they said, God can't be next to sin. So, sin is doing what's wrong. Whatever you think, say, or do that goes against God's will. Now, that means God and sin can't mix, just like Caleb said. So, the big picture question is, why does sin separate us from God? And the answer is... Very good. Thank you. All right. Now, to review a little bit of what we've done in the past few weeks, God chose the Israelites to be his people. He wanted them. He desired them. He constantly sought after them. And he was so good that he brought them to the land of Canaan, and he told them it would be their new home. Now, when the Israelites settled in Canaan, they really decided not to follow all of God's instructions. So they had tons of trouble and lots of trouble with their neighbors. And so when the Israelites turned back to God... He sent a judge to lead them. So we're going to pick up there in our Bible story today and see how Israel asked for a king instead of a judge. Mm -hmm. 
Samuel was a judge over Israel. Oh, we're going to have to start When he was again. old, Samuel chose his sons, Joel and Abijah, to be judges. There was a problem, though. Joel and Abijah were not good judges like their father. Joel and Abijah were unfair and dishonest. The leaders of Israel went to Samuel. You were a good judge, they said, but your sons have not followed your example. We don't want them to lead us. We want a king like the nations around us. Samuel wasn't sure how to respond, so he prayed to God. God said, Samuel, they are not rejecting you. They are rejecting me as king. Give them what they want, but make sure you warn them what it will be like to have an earthly king. Samuel explained to the Israelites what rights an earthly king would have. A king could make their son serve in the army, he could make their daughters work for him, or he could take away their fields and servants. Samuel warned that the people would regret asking for a king, but the Israelites didn't care. Give us a king, they said. So God told Samuel to give the people what they wanted. Then Samuel told the leaders of Israel to go back to their cities and wait for a king. One day, a man named Saul came to Samuel. Saul was tall and handsome. He was looking for his father's missing donkeys. Samuel invited Saul to have dinner with him. He told Saul that his family would be important to everyone in Israel. Saul didn't understand. He wasn't from a big family. His tribe, the tribe of Benjamin, was the smallest tribe in Israel. Still, Samuel gave Saul the best spot at his dinner table. The next morning, Samuel poured oil on Saul's head. You will be king, Samuel said. Samuel gave Saul some instructions and sent him home to wait for the right time to start ruling over the Israelites. The Spirit of God was with Saul. God intended for a heavenly king to rule over Israel, but the Israelites did not trust God's plan. They wanted a king like the nations around them. God had a better plan to eventually send his son, Jesus, to be the perfect king forever. All right. Okay, so we kind of heard some things. Now we're gonna ask everybody to stand up and I'm gonna kind of give you the little review quiz of the Bible story to see if you were actually paying attention. So if you think the answer is yes, you're gonna hop two times. If you think the answer is no, you can just stand really still. Does everybody understand? Are you ready? Okay, was Samuel a judge in Israel? I should see hopping. Yes? <laughs> Good job. Yes, he was the judge in Israel. Okay. Did the Israelites want, Israelites want Samuel's son to rule them? Yeah. Still, they didn't. They didn't. His sons weren't any good. They didn't abide by what God had said. Now, did the Israelites want a king like the other nations around them? Yeah. Hop. Absolutely they did. They asked for it. They begged for it. Now, did God choose Samuel to be Israel's first king? No, you're right. He was a judge, not a king. And the last one, did God choose Saul to be Israel's first king? Yes. Okay, bonus question. What tribe was Saul from? Who remembers? <laughs> Leanne. Yeah, Benjamin, good job. All right, you can all sit back down. Okay, so the Israelites were God's people. The Bible says God gave the Israelites instructions on how to set up their cities, how to work with each other, and how to worship God. But God was supposed to be the Israelites' perfect king. 
But the Israelites didn't always obey God, and they would sin, choose to go their own way, and not listen to God. And God gave them his laws to show them how to live in a way that pleased him and set them apart from the nations around him. God was their leader. God was supposed to be their one true king. So God gave them judges like Samuel to help them, but the people were not happy. And so they disobeyed, and they fell into repentance, and sometimes they would come back and apologize and live rightly like God wanted, and then they would fall into um, deep sin, and then they'd do repentance, and it would be this whole big circle. Now, Samuel assured, oh, they wanted a human king to rule over them, just like their neighbors, so God gave the Israelites a king named who? Who was first? Saul, yes. So Samuel assured Saul that this was God's plan. And God sent his spirit to Saul to guide him when he ruled God's people. But God had an even better plan. He had a plan to send his son, Jesus, to be the king over the whole world. Jesus would be perfect, and he would do just as God asked him to do. Jesus would bring peace and save his people from sin. He would save you from your sin. Okay? Now... We all kind of like to do our own thing, right? Yeah? We all like to do what we want to do when we want to do it. Even when you're really little, like Gigi, she does not want to sit right now. She decides she wanted to stand up. Okay? Now I'm going to give you some scenarios. And they're, you know, tempting scenarios. But I want you to really think, use your brain, which one is the best scenario? Which one would God want you to choose? Which one maybe would your parents want you to choose? Okay? Okay, so I'm going to list them, I'm going to say it, and then you're going to shout out what you think is the best scenario. Now, I know it's funny to be funny sometimes, and to shout out what you think you'd want to do, but I really want you to think about what you would think your parents, what deep down inside you should think is best, and what God would say would be the best thing to do. Okay? Is everybody ready? Yeah. Is everybody ready? Yeah. There we go. That's better. Okay. All right, here's the scenario. Should you be choosing all day to eat cookies or to eat your fruits and vegetables? Yeah, I knew Tobes would say it. <laughs> yeah, fruits and vegetables. Those are the better choice. Now, cookies are delicious, but they really should just be a sometimes thing. All right, here's the next one. Ready? Staying up super, super, super late playing video games or watching movies or actually going to bed on time. Actually going to bed on time is your better option. Okay? All right, ready? Doing your homework when you should be doing it or waiting till the very last second to get it done. Doing your homework when you should be doing it. Okay? Are you ready? Watching a movie or TV show that you're not allowed to watch or turning it off instead. Turning it off instead would be the better choice, okay? Cleaning your room when you're asked to clean it or saying I'll get to it later and going to watch your favorite TV show. Clean your room when you're supposed to do it. Thank you, Caleb. That's perfect. Maybe? Okay, ready? All right, last one. Keeping money you found on the floor at a store... Or turning it into an employee. <laughs> Hopefully you said turning it into an employee at the store. 
<laughs> yes, yes, okay. Now, because of sin, we're all wired with the desire to choose our own way instead of what way is the best, which is God's way. This was true with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. It was true with God's people wanting a king in our story today. And it's really absolutely true of ourselves. Sometimes we want what we want isn't best. It isn't God's way. And God always knows what's best for us. And we can always trust him to know. Okay. Um, instead of doing like a, usually we do like a big group discussion. We're kind of going to pare it down. So you can kind of turn to your neighbor maybe. And then we'll come back and talk together. So the first discussion question, why did the Israelites want their own king? So kind of turn to your neighbor, tell them what you think. Why did the Israelites want their own king? All right, come back together. Who's got an answer? Why did the Israelites want their own king? Joanna. They wanted to be like their neighbors, like everybody else. That was good. Lucy. They thought the king would be better than God. Yeah, absolutely. Selah. Yeah, they wanted to be like the other nations. Sometimes conformity seems like an easier plan. Gabe. They are in a cycle of sin. That's a good answer. Yep. Everett. A, a judge wasn't good enough for them. They wanted something different. Yeah. So they kind of lost sight of God as their provider. And they lost sight of him as their leader. He, they lost sight of him as their real king, their one true king. They wanted to be like the other nations, and they wanted to have an earthly king. All right, ready? Question number two. Turn to your neighbor again, or somebody else. The Israelites had forgotten God's faithfulness. Are you ever guilty of not trusting God's plan? And why? Are you ever guilty of not trusting God's plan? And why? All right, raise your hand if you ever struggle to trust God's plan. Me, me, me. Yeah, I think everybody at one point in time has, has struggled to really trust God's plan. And when you're not trusting God's plan, who are you really leaning on? Yourself. You're not leaning into God, okay? You think you know what's best, so you decide to do it. But really, God knows what's best, even if it's not something you want or desire. But God knows, okay? All right, last one. Ready? What is one way you can trust God with your life? Talk to your neighbor. Person in front, person behind, person beside you. Okay, what's one way you can trust God with your life? Who's got an answer for me? Caleb? Being kind to the people around you. Yeah, Joanna? Say it again. Asking God to lead you. Yes, Tobes. 
praying. Perfect, Everett? You, if you put your faith in him to get baptized, yes. Okay, Luke? Tithing, that's always a good one. Yes, Eliza? Reading your Bible. Okay, Lucy? Being helpful, yes. Okay, Selah? Say it louder. Yeah, if God puts that on your heart. So listening to what God is telling you and then putting that into action. Having discernment, using prayer, using your Bible, talking to um, your parents about it or your pastor or some elders, people who are wiser than you. And then sitting and listening for God to help you and to show you which is the best path. Because he will. And to read your Bible. Because we all know if we want to hear God's voice, all you have to do is read your Bible. Okay? Now, you can put your trust and faith in God and his word. The Bible shows us how God proved his love for us by sending who? Jesus. Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. Now, you can trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior and believe. And if you've done that and you've never been baptized, next week is your opportunity to go public with your faith. Reach out, put it on the connection card. Reach out to Aaron or one of the elders or your mom and dad if that's something that God's telling you to do. Okay? All right. I have another game. Now, this one's going to take, um, yeah, like four people again, probably. No adults? Come on. Get it together, people. It's more fun. Sarah, Sarah. <laughs> yes, Sarah can go. Okay. Pick you, pick you. Um, Toby, would you like to do it? <laughs> Ethan. And Liza. We'll do boys against girls. Sometimes we do that. Okay, can you partner? Will you partner with Sarah? Okay, so we'll have two people on, two team, one team on this side and one team on this side. Ethan, can you go with Tobes? Okay, all right. Now, I have a plate full of beads. I'm going to let girls pick first. Which plate do you guys want? You want this one? Okay. Okay, so a plate full of beads, two colors, and they're mixed together. And I'm going to give you two little bowls. What do you think you're going to have to do with it? You're going to have to separate the colors, okay? Now, when I say go, I'm going to give you 30 seconds. 30 seconds? Yes? All right. Um, Eddie, can you set a 30-second timer? I don't know where my phone is. 35 seconds? 36 seconds? What should we do? Okay. Okay. Don't start. Don't start. Hands on the table. Okay. So when we say go, we're going to give you to sort as many beads as you can into separate bowls. Do you understand? Okay. Whichever group sorts the most is the winner today. Do you understand? Okay. Uh, 45. 30 seconds doesn't seem very long. Okay. On your marks. Are you ready? Get set. Go. This side, this is your team. Cheer them on. This side, this is your team. Cheer them on. Faster. Faster. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Halfway through. Halfway through. Ooh, it's not looking good for the boys. You can do it. 15 seconds. Go, Eliza. 
we go, Ethan. Five, four, three, two, one. Stop. There's a lot of purple mixed in with this black. That wasn't really the point. So, okay, I'm gonna call it for the girls. Give them a hand. Thank you, thank you. You can leave them. Thanks, buddy. All right, nice job. Okay, normally what we would do is we'd mix them up again and we'd have two more teams come up and we'd mix it up again because everybody likes to participate. But we're not gonna do that today. I know, boo, hiss. So, we, we could, after church, you can come up and try your hand at it. Hi, Hazel. <laughs> okay, so we sorted the beads into two different ones, red and yellow, purple and black, okay? And what we, God separates himself from sin, like we said, and he's holy and he cannot mix with it. So until we trust Jesus and allow his blood to wash over our sin, we'll always be separated from God. Okay, now we're going to learn more about God's holiness over the next several weeks, but that's to get you thinking, okay? What part of my life do I need to surrender to Jesus and allow his blood to wash over my sin? Okay, all right. I know almost everybody brought a Bible, so if you got your Bible, get it out. A huge thing in Kids Creek is Bible awareness. Huge thing in Kids Creek is learning how to use this thing for yourself, Okay. So you got a Bible, okay? And we already talked about we're in the Old Testament, which is the first half, and we're actually going to turn to Isaiah. So on your Bible, I want you to find the book of Isaiah, okay? So you might take a couple minutes, and that's okay. You might need the neighbor to help you, and that's okay. You might need a couple seconds to find it, like me. But once you get to it, open up to Isaiah, it's a big book. It's right after the Song of Songs. Okay? Put your finger on the word Isaiah. Thank you. Okay? When you're there, we are going to go to chapter 6, which means you need to find the big 6. So you might have to turn a page or two. Okay? Same. So still in the book of Isaiah. Put your finger on that big 6. Okay? What's the 6 mean? Chapter, that's the chapter. So we are in the book of what? Isaiah, Isaiah chapter what? Six. Six. Okay, now, this is the tricky part sometimes. You have to find the little five. So you got to follow it down until you find the little five. Put your finger on that little five. And what's that five mean? Verse five. Verse five. Okay, so one more time. We are in the book of what? Isaiah, Isaiah chapter what? Six. Verse what? Five. Awesome job. Thank you. Okay, so this is kind of a longer passage. It's a longer one than we've done in the past, but we're going to do it. So everybody, we're going to read it together first, okay? Okay, if you don't have it in your Bible, that's okay. It gets on the screen. Are you ready? And I said, woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Okay, thank you. All right. Now, Scripture's a huge thing in Kids Creek because we want you to open your Bibles more than just on Sunday. So, around the room are the words to our verse. And they're all mixed up. 
But if you see one, do not push anybody over. Do not trip anybody. If you see one, go grab it and bring it up. Bring it up here, and we're going we're gonna to start putting it together. So start putting it together. You can use the screen. Go back to the Isaiah 6 screen, if you will. Use it as a reference, and we're going to start putting it together. Okay, work together. I don't know if we got them all, but we'll see. You got one, Michael? Come around the table, and they'll help you. Okay, we're going to slide this one out, and then we'll have a little space. Are we missing one? Oh, nope. Joe has got it. Awesome. Okay, work together. And I said, woe is me, for I am of unclean. Who's got the word lips? Amelia does. Get it down there, Amelia. Okay. Put it together. She's got it. She's handing it off. Good job. Alex, can you put it back up on the screen? Okay. For I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell. And I dwell in the midst. Who's got in the midst? Michael, do you have it? Yeah, you do. Bring it up. Come up by Corbin. Show him where to put it, you guys. Right there, Michael. Can you set it in there? Nice. In the midst of a people. There we go. Of maybe we gotta start down on the next on the next one. Okay, start down on the next stair. Can we come down here? Stick it here. I don't, we lost track of how many we need had. It was a lot, though. This is a big thing. Liza's got close to the end. You hold on to yours, Liza. For I've seen the... Who's got Lord of Hosts? Joe, it us. Nope. Joe is at the end. So, for my eyes have seen the king. For my eyes have seen the... Who's got the king? Liza, do you come over here and put it right here? Um, actually, it's over here. Woe is me, for I am lost. This is I am lost. Okay, where does it need to go? Oh, way up top. You're right. That's okay. Squeeze it in. Scoot it down the other way, Bastion. I know. Sometimes this takes the whole time. Sometimes we only have a five, five-word verse. This one's, you know, a little bit longer. But it's good. Little Just a little. A little Everybody's a critic. Okay. Are you figuring it out? The Lord of who's got the Lord of Hosts? Caleb's working it. Good job. Here, slide Isaiah down, Bastion. Okay. Good job. Keep going. You got it. Can't really see over all these heads. For I am. We need. For I am. A man of unclean lips. We gotta think. We gotta go down. And I dwell in the midst. Where it is lost. For I am lost. Oh, sorry. I did mess it up. Sorry. 
Okay, did you get it? Woo! Nailed it! Thank you! That was a lot of, that was a lot. Thanks, Ethan. Okay, let's read it together one more time. Isaiah 6, 5. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Okay? Now, that was a really good job on the scavenger hunt and putting it all together. The prophet Isaiah knew that his sin separated him from his holy God. Because of our sinful actions, attitudes, words, and thoughts, we're also separated from God. But the good news is, is that God's plan to send Jesus gives us the opportunity to be forgiven and saved from our sin. That sin that separates us from God is paid for and forgiven when we believe in who? Jesus. Okay? All right. Now, we almost always have a song that we do for the key verse. Now, I'm going to be honest, these aren't like the, the highest quality of songs. <laughs> but I encourage you to sing it together um, with us. We do this every single time. Um, honestly, the kids get a lot out of it. They um, understand the verse. They are able to sing it and recite it by about the second or third time. It's really powerful stuff. So we're going to do that right now. So I encourage you to sing along as well. You don't have to stand, and that's okay. Okay. Thanks, Alex. Then I said, woe is me, for I am ruined. I am ruined because I am a man of unclean lips. Then I said, woe is me, for I am ruined. I am ruined because I am a man of unclean lips.
Okay. Am I on again? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so um, we always end with prayer. Now, I usually start the prayer, whoever's actually leading in Kids Creek. Um, but then I open it up. And sometimes I hear the sweetest prayers for grandparents or for um, someone who is sick that they know or just for them to um, listen to God more. So I'm going to kind of do the same thing. I'm going to start it off. But if you have something you want to pray for out loud, I would love to hear you. And you can do it. And even if you overlap with somebody, that's okay. But um, if anything, I encourage you to just pray right now after I'm done praying in the quiet. Um, maybe take a minute to listen to God's voice and hear what he's discerning for you. So get into a posture of prayer that works for you. Some people like to raise their hands. Some people like to fold their hands. Some people like to close their eyes. Some people like to look up. Some people like to just sit quiet, but make sure you're in a space where you can talk to God, okay? So Father God, you are good and gracious, you are holy, and you are perfect. You love us, you provide for us, and you always want what's best for us. You know us better even than we know ourselves. So continue to guide us through prayer, through your word, the Bible, and help us to trust the plan that you have for us. Help us to really, truly trust in you. And we are so grateful, Lord, for your love for us, that you willingly went to the cross, that you willingly seek us out every single day. We love you, Lord, so much. For all the prayers that we've said out loud, for all the prayers that are hidden deep in our heart, Lord, you listen. Because you bend down to listen, we will pray as long as we have breath. Thank you, Jesus, so much. And all these things we pray in Jesus' name. And the people said, Amen. Amen.